0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. We are in this series called Build Your Church. Come on, somebody say, Build Your Church. We kicked this off a couple of Sundays ago, and we talked about bringing heaven to earth. Remember, we're we're using the tabernacle, the construction of the Old Testament tabernacle as a blueprint. It's it's really a template or a model of how God wants to build his church in the earth today. And so we kicked it off two Sundays ago talking about that sacred space. The Israelites believed that the tabernacle was that space where the supernatural and the natural overlapped. It was the place where God dwelt among his people. How many of you know we need the presence of God? We live in an age where we are desperate for God's presence. And then last Sunday, Pastor Brady Boyd, didn't he bring us such a great word? Oh, I love Pastor Brady. Come on, put your hands together for Brady Boyd. He, uh, he talked to us about following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, today, at Exodus 35, if you're taking notes, uh, the title of the message is simply this. Bez the Builder, Bez the Builder, Exodus 35, starting with verse 30. Bible says, then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel. Come on, somebody say Bez. Bezalel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He's skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. Verse 34, and the Lord has given both him and Eliahab, son of Ahazamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. For the Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiders in blue, purple, and scarlet thread, on fine linen cloth, and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as Designers, This is an interesting passage, okay? I want to kind of extract some things. Uh, I know that Exodus is not necessarily a book that you spend a lot of time in, but I think it's super important as it relates to the journey of the Israelites and then what that speaks to us today. M- many of you know that the Israelites were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. And then through the Exodus, through Moses' leadership, they entered a place of freedom. But in that wilderness journey, God gave them specific instructions on how to design the tabernacle and then what it would take to build it. And here we see a specific individual being highlighted. And I think there's so much for us to extract from this example and how to apply it to our lives. Look again in verse 30, what it says. Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, Son of Uri, grandson of her of the tribe of Judah. God specifically chose Bez. I, I want you to, I want you to consider this. If you're taking notes, the first thought I want to give you is this: God has chosen you. God has chosen you. Interesting to see here how Bezalel was picked. God picked Bezalel. He was specifically chosen for this assignment, have you ever not been picked for something? Some of you are having flashbacks to middle school. How many of those junior high years are tough? Remember PE class? How many of you just did not like PE? That dressing out was not your thing, you know? And then if they they divided up teams, you ever had had to play like dodgeball in PE class? and they pick like the two stud athletes of the grade, and then they start, you know, choosing their teams, and you know that you're not a first-round draft pick. Come on. They had people in middle school that could throw a dodgeball so hard and so fast. Do you remember that? Is this, bring- Is this triggering anybody right now? they throw that ball so fast, I mean, it would literally move. <laughs> And you were part of the group that kind of huddled out in the corner just trying to avoid getting killed in Jesus' name. (laughs) You ever not been picked? Think about it, recess. You didn't get picked. Think about it in PE class. Think about it, prom. Just not, you know that feeling of just not being picked, but then to know that you are chosen. How many of you know that's a game changer? I was thinking when I first saw Rachel, the very first time I saw her, she, she was brand new to our school, all right? I was a senior. She was—were you a freshman, babe? How, sophomore. Okay, I knew you were young, all right? I reached down. Uh, <laughs> but look, so she literally was the prettiest girl in school. I mean, I'm, I'm being totally honest. She's the kind of girl that everybody was noticing, including me. Truth be told, now she would never say this because she was one of those pretty girls that didn't know she was pretty. I mean, there's two different kind of girls, the girl that's pretty and knows it, and then the girl that's gorgeous and doesn't have a clue. That was Rachel. She was gorgeous, didn't realize how pretty she was, and all the guys stood in line to talk to her, except for me. I was too proud to stand in line, but I was just so crazy about her too. And I thought, man, if I if I could just if I, there's no way I could get a girl like that. And I'll never forget, it took her a while. It took her a while, babe. I'm telling you. It, it took you some boyfriends to get the revelation. <laughs> I'm speaking facts here now, speaking facts. It took her about three or four tries to get the revelation that her honka-honka-burning love was right here. But I'll never forget when she chose me. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. (laughs) Glory to God. It feels good to be chosen. You need to know that God chose you. You see, you think you chose him. Mm Mm-mm. He had his hand on you before you were even thinking about him. In fact, have you seen that mini-series called The Chosen? How many of you have seen that? Oh, my goodness. If you have not seen it, you need to download that app on your phone. Not right now, but after church. Download the app and watch It's a series about the life of Christ, but specifically focusing on the disciples that he chose. In fact, when I first started watching it, I was a little skeptical. I was like, huh, is this biblically accurate? I'm not sure how I feel about this. But by like episode two or three, I'm weeping through the whole thing. And the thing that strikes me about that series called The Chosen is the people that God chose to do the journey with. I'm thinking, man, I wouldn't pick him. Oh my goodness, stay away from that dude. He's trouble. But how many of you know the people sometimes that we count out, those are the ones that God counts in? He says, I want to use you in spite of you. You see, listen, you need to get this in your spirit that God chose you to be a part of his family to do something significant in the earth today. You know, the truth is, most days I don't feel like a good choice, but I know that God picked me. You see, God specifically chose Bezalel, and you need to know today, you may, you may say, well, pastor, I don't have much to offer. I don't have a lot of talent. I, I don't have a lot that, that I can use for him. Uh, please know this, that God chose you to be a part of his family, and th- th- did God send Jesus to die on a cross, to suffer, to bleed, and to die so that you could feel lousy about yourself all day? God was not having a bad day when he made you. Can I say that again? I know sometimes you don't feel good about yourself, but God feels great about you. So much so that he would send Jesus to die on a cross for you and that he would stop at nothing to remind you of his great love that he has for you. God didn't, when he made you, he didn't say, oops. (laughs) Let me start over. Can I tell you this? You may need to start over, but God has never needed a do-over. Scripture says this in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation. Somebody say chosen. chosen. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Notice that. You're chosen, you're royal, you're holy, and you're special. Why? So that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, Exodus tells us that Bez, Bezalel, was specifically chosen. In the Hebrew, it means to be summoned by someone greater than yourself. When you're chosen by God, it's both a command and an invitation, It's a command and an invitation. Part of my responsibility as your pastor is to make you aware of the invitation of God to this great life that He's called you to, but also to lay a demand on the gift that's inside of you for His kingdom. Did you catch that? You need to be aware that there's an invitation to an amazing life, a a life of significance. It's an invitation, but it's also a command. To be chosen by God is a command. There is a a God-given design for you. Just like for Bezalel. Bez was picked, but he was also placed. Notice this. It says, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Now, you'll notice this throughout Scripture, but your family line, your lineage is very important. I know sometimes when we, we enter this, this holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas, all the family dynamics come to surface, do they not? How many of you love the holidays, but sometimes you loathe the holidays too? Yeah, well, I'm, some, some of us are more excited about food than we are family. Come on, talk to me. You know, Bezalel, his heritage was important. It was on purpose. God placed him specifically in that family. I want you to consider the family, the tribe, that you're a part of. You see, my name is Mike, and I'm of the Hamanite tribe. And I often tell people this. We Haman's, (laughs) we put the funk in dysfunctional. Can anybody identify How many of you have like a family tree that the branches of that tree are twisted, and they turn, and you got some branches in that tree that you just wouldn't really want to even talk about? The the, the good news is this, there's another tree. It's called Calvary, the cross of Jesus Christ. Now listen, you may have come through your family, but you came from God. You came from God through your family. And just as Bez, they, they talked about his lineage. There was a specific reason why God placed him in that family. I want you to know God's put you in your family for a reason, for, for a season, for a soul. It's not by accident that, that, that God's placed you in this generation through this family lineage. Have you ever wondered what it would be like? to live at a different time in a different place? You ever thought about what it would be like to live in Louisiana like 100 years ago, 200 years ago? You ever ever thought about what it would be like to live in a hot Louisiana summer without air conditioning? (sighs) Thank you, Jesus for this generation. Hey, what what if you lived in Louisiana, you didn't have AC, and you didn't have the weather app on your phone? And you're just kind of trucking along, and you don't know that that hurricane is bearing down in the Gulf. I'm thankful that I live in the time and in the place that I live. Guess what? I didn't choose it God chose me for it, for such a time as this. Think about it. I believe we're living in some of the last days. You you think about what the prophets had foretold hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. We're reading an ancient passage in the book of Exodus, and all of the prophets of the Old Testament pointed to the time of Jesus. They were all looking forward. Hebrew says they were looking forward to a time and to a Savior that they had not even seen. Now us, here we are in 2021. We're living in this place. We're living in Louisiana. We are right here Baton Rouge metropolitan area in 2021 for such a time as this. This is like the fourth quarter. Let me ask you this. When does a coach put in his best players? When the game is on the line. In the fourth quarter, the coach wants his best best roster out on the field. If that's the case, guess what? God chose you and me to play in the fourth quarter Man, when this thing is coming down to it. Are you catching this? And I'm thankful for the history, our faith-filled history, and the men and women who sacrificed so courageously. But guess what? Now, this is our opportunity to walk in faith and courage and strength. Can I have a good amen? amen? Bez, man, he was picked, but he was also placed. Guess what? Bez was picked, he was placed, and he was promoted. Check this out. Then Moses told the people of Israel. Moses is standing in front of the whole congregation, and he says, hey, guys, listen. The hand of the Lord is on Bez. Let me tell you, the anointing that's on this guy, he is skilled. He's a master craftsman. You see, Moses publicly announced Bezalel to the entire congregation. Can I tell you this? God will promote you. In his timing. It's one thing to have a gift on your life and to recognize it, but it's another thing to embrace God's timing for your specific assignment. God will promote you when he knows you're ready. Not when you think you're ready. Are you catching this today? I know sometimes we're eager, we're anxious. I'm full of ambition. You know, I'm, I'm full of There's a drive and a fire inside of me, and I got to dial it back sometime. Does anybody know anyone like that? Am I the only one? Man, I just feel like there's destiny on my life, and God released me to to walk in the fullness. And God's like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 just a minute. Wait just a minute. I got to get you ready for this amazing assignment that you see and sense in front of you. How many of you know that if you're promoted before you're ready, then what was meant to bless you will actually destroy you? Check this out. The name Bezalel. You know what the name Bezalel means? Bezalel means in the shadow of God. Sometimes God has to keep you in the shadows, I know you want to shine, but you first start in the shadow. The picture here in the shadow of God, that's a picture of God's protection under his covering. You see, God has to incubate you. He's got to prepare you and get you ready before he releases you. It's kind of like, you know, when a mama is pregnant and she's carrying a child, this child is being developed under the protective covering. This child is in darkness for nine months. What's happening? There's a whole lot happening. There's life. Some of you feel that life stirring inside of you, but God's not ready for you to give birth to it just yet. Because if a mother gives birth premature then what is the result of that can be very, very dangerous. The dream may not survive if it's birthed prematurely. Are you catching this today? You see, it's God's timing. Bez, he he was picked, he was placed, and he was promoted. Look at verse 31. Moses declares, The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, Ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Number one, God has chosen you. But number two, you need to know that God has gifted you. God has gifted you. Where did Bezalel learn his skill? Well, most likely in Egypt during the time of of oppression in Egypt, there was a skill that was being developed inside of Bezalel. It wasn't time to release it in Egypt, but God was preparing him in Egypt. I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes what God has brought you from is a good sign of what God is calling you to. Sometimes God will bring you out of something, and you don't even realize what he was doing in you at the time, but he brings you out of something with a skill set that you didn't have before, but then he calls you back to the thing he, he called you out of. Does that make sense? It's God's nature to give. You have a gift. You have a gift. You need to know that the nature and character of God is to bless. How many parents do we have in the house? Okay, how many grandparents do we have? Oh, yeah. Can you tell those grandkids no? <laughs> it's hard to tell those grandkids no, isn't it? Man, you just, you just say yes all the time, and then you leave the parents to deal with the consequences of it, right? Well, listen, if it's in your heart as a parent or a grandparent to bless your children, How much more does your heavenly Father want to bless you? How much more does he want to give you exactly what you need to fulfill the purpose that he called for you to walk in? You know, quit with all the, well, I don't deserve this. Well, you know, I just, uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't have anything to offer. Quit with all of that. Man, you're disrespecting the God who created you, that, the, the, that delights in you. Your gifts are not based on your worth. They're based on your birth. Can I say that again? The gift of God in you, it's not based on your worth, it's based on your birth. When you are born again, come on somebody, you have a spiritual father, you have a heavenly father who delights in you. He says, you are my son, you are my daughter. I just want to bless you outrageously. I want to give you, I want to be better to you than you could ever imagine. Do you think you could love your kids more than what God loves you? Are you kidding me? If we have the human capacity to honor and serve and love and bless our children, how much more does your heavenly Father want to bless you and give you what you need to do what he's called you to do? Can I tell you, in Jesus, you have everything you need. Come on, say, in Jesus, I have everything I need. To to, to do what God's called me to do. Come on, say it. To do what God's called me to do, I have everything I need. You see, Bezalel was filled with skill. I want you to know that you have a gift inside of you. you may, maybe you haven't discovered that, but you have something placed by God himself that reflects his character and his nature, and he wants you to identify that gift and then to use that gift to build his kingdom. You see, when you're about the kingdom of God, you will always have the help of the king. When you're about God's kingdom, you will always have God's help. This I look across this church, and I know those of you watching online as well at other campuses, we are a gifted church. There's so many gifts and talents and abilities in this house. It is amazing. I love the staff that we have. I think we have a, a, a high-capacity staff. We've got some amazing preachers and teachers on this team. We really, I mean, I, there's a reason why I call David Ray all day. All day David Ray, because I could listen to that guy just preach all day long. I mean, we've got some amazing, I think about him. I think about Chris Pamilla. Didn't he preach an amazing message a couple of weeks ago? My goodness, like a stick of dynamite. Boom, he just blew up, and I thought, Lord, have mercy. That's in this house. JT Terry, I think about JT. Man, that brother can just cut it up. He's a gift to the body of Christ. I think about baby blue eyes. Johnny, baby blue eyes green. Come on, somebody. Little boy from Central. Can anything good come from Central Louisiana? (laughs) Just a great teacher. We've got guys and girls that can preach circles around people. And it's right here in this church. We've got musicians and singers. Come on, somebody. Are we not blessed with the best? Man, you get Doug up here, and Doug singing a little silky smooth. And then you got Sid bearing down, and when he gets that rolling, boys, ah, I'm like, man, here we go, baby, here we go. Last week, Rachel and I were at our Denim Campus. I mean, to listen to Lacey and Brett and Jonathan and the team. I know Clay Keller and the kids at Ascension Campus. We are blessed with the best. gifted and preaching and singing and leading. But you know what, the gifts are not just about the stage. There are so many more gifts out in the seats. And and it's not necessarily doing the things that everybody sees. Sometimes there are gifts to do things that nobody sees but God himself, Uh, gifts of encouragement. You know, there, so there's there some of you that have the gift to speak life into people. I, I see Julie Finical right here. Julie is, I'm tell you, Julie is a party waiting to happen. Tony, I know that's why you married her. It's always a good time when Julie's up in the house. She make you feel like you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Just want to be around people like that. I mean, and, and it's it's a gift that you're on the, the hospitality and guest experiences team. You make people feel welcome when they come in here. I think about Marla Stroop. Marla is an amazing leader and amazing team builder. Don't you love that, girl? What? From Shreveport, Louisiana, from 318 all the way down to 225. Come on, Andy, where are you at? You married well, too, my friend. My goodness, married way out shortly. That girl can handle conflict, all right? She is the most disarming. If there's a trouble situation, I just send Marla to. If, If I get like a nasty email, I'll just send it to Marla and be like, Marla, can you take care of this for me? Man, she's so gentle and so gracious and kind. I'm thinking, man, there are so many different gifts in the body. And guess what? You have a gift. God did not forget about you when he created you. He chose you, and he gifted you. He wants you to use that gift for his kingdom. I believe this fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. And some of you are afraid, and and that's why you're not stepping out to use your gift. Listen, try what God's put inside of you. Put it to use. Man, you got to try a few things to find out what you're good at and what you're not good at. How many of you know, man, I'm not a good worship leader? How did I discover that? Well, I tried singing a few times. <laughs> Listen, I'm just glad the Bible says make a joyful noise. How many of you are good at making some noise? Come on, let me hear you make some noise in the house of God today. I may not be able to sing like Tabitha. Or break it down like joy. I can't do it like that. But in God's ears, he's pleased. Try some things. Use what what God's put in you for his kingdom. The Bible says that Bez was anointed and filled with the Spirit of God. And God gave him wisdom, ability, and expertise. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is knowing what to do. Ability is the power to do it, and expertise is growing in what God has given you. Did you catch that? Wisdom is knowing what to do. Ability is having the power to do it, and expertise is growing in what God has given you. Number one, you need to know that you are chosen by God. Number two, you need to know that you are gifted by this same great God. And finally number 3, check this out in verse 34. The Bible says the Lord has given both Bez and this guy Oholiab, son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan, the Lord has given both of them the ability to teach their skills to others. The ability to teach their skills to others. The last thing I want you to see in this little passage, and this is again, how does God grow his church? He chooses people. He gives them gifts and talents and abilities. But then, this last thing I want you to see number three, God wants to multiply your life. He wants to multiply you. What God has given you doesn't just stay with you. You know what? It is a sin. I know this is strong language, but I want you to hear me. It is a sin for you to be gifted and blessed by God, but then keep that to yourself. Can I tell you this? The gift on you is not just for you. The gift on your life is not about you. It's for others. If I have a gift to preach or teach, that gift is not about me. That gift is for you. I don't come to church thinking, oh, can't wait to stand on that stage. Let me just use my gift. Hey, everybody, here I am. How many know if that was my attitude, you wouldn't come to this church? <laughs> Do you like those dance moves? <laughs> yeah, me either. It's pretty scary. <laughs> That's another gift that I don't have. I don't come to church saying, "Hey, what about me?" I come here to use my gifts to say, "How can I help you?" And that's how the gift of God grows in somebody's life. You got to give it away. You got to use it or lose it. Come on, somebody! You see, the kingdom of God is always about multiplication. Watch this: Genesis one twenty-seven, the very first command in Scripture. God told man and woman, "Be fruitful and." Multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. God says, I got to make more of you. Guess what? We need more of you in this church. We need more Ronald and Wanda Jacksons. Guess what? You got to multiply. Melissa, we need more of you. God's put something in you, and it's not just for you. It's for this house. How can we get more of you? Whew, you got to give what you've been given. Ray, we need more of you, man. Need more of you. Your spirit, your passion for God. I need more Ray Mangunos in this church. If I had a hundred more Ray Mangunos, man, we could win Baton Rouge and phew, like that. What do you have to do to multiply your spirit and your influence? God told Abraham, interesting, Isaiah 51. The Bible says, Abraham was only one man when God called him. But when God blessed him, he became a great nation. You can be one man when God calls you, but when he puts his blessing on you, guess what? It multiplies. How do you get a great nation from one man? You've got to use what God's given you. And my prayer is that God will put a spirit of multiplication on this house. 320 offering, you know what? You know what that's about? It's about giving what God has given us, and we're sowing a seed into our future. Why? Because there's a generation coming after us. There are sons and daughters. There are grandkids that need to know this great God that you and I serve. And when we give, we're sowing a seed into our future. You need to think about this. Some of you, all you're doing is thinking about your resume. God's saying, you need to think about your eulogy. You see, your resume is, look what I've accomplished. But your eulogy is the impact of your life on others. This is what gives a church significance. Let us be that church. God, as you're building that church, remind us that we are chosen, we are gifted. And man, there is something that's gonna be multiplied in us. Amen, do you receive that? Come on church, can you put your hands together? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church.